Welcome to Texans Unfiltered. Here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. Alright guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered. I am your host, Young Ari Gold, and I am joined as usual by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, it looks like, um, you know, things have changed a little bit. Got a little, uh, you know, got a W, which is always nice to uh, to have on a Thursday night, especially against a division opponent, the Colts. You know, we beat the Colts, which is, I mean, there's been seasons where we would have been happy just doing that. Um, we're first place in the... AFC South again, as we should be. Um, I don't really know what else to kind of say about that. I guess we should be in a good mood. I'm still still a little hungover, I guess, from our, our last podcast. I, I I don't know if I could just say, hey, we beat the Colts, so now everything's all, all good again. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny, I, uh, I had... Um I had a, we had a new listener this last week, and uh, he he hit me up on Twitter, and we were talking, and uh, he's like, yeah, I just checked out your podcast, and I was like, oh, yeah, normally that's not the case. Normally we're very upbeat, very optimistic. We try to be as positive as possible about this team, um, but you know, you kind of caught us on a, on a weird week, and uh, you know, just just know that's not how things go, and. You know, this week I'd like to be a little bit more positive. You know, getting a win, you know, I think it's funny. You get a win, right, and then you go to Twitter and it's like, Twitter looked like we lost. Uh, You know, people were begging for style points and, you know, wanting a dominating win and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, are they not taking into consideration the fact that we played four days prior and got our ass handed to us? Um, still not fully healthy. Those aren't the games that you look for when it when it comes to you know a short week. You, you, you're really just looking to get out or get in, get out with a W, and not pile on any more injuries. It's really that's that's the end of it. None of the teams are like I'm, I can't wait to score 47 points on Thursday night on the Colts. They just want to win, and especially in this type of game where. You know, the winner of this game is the leader of the AFC South and pretty much controls their fate uh, as a playoff team. So, you know, it's it's just it's really funny just how things change so quickly with this team. And yeah, you know, first you get blown out, and then you don't win by enough. <laughs> it's like, what what are you guys wanting here? <coughs> so yeah, I don't know. Um, but we'll take the win, right? I mean. We're going to the playoffs. It's what we wanted, you know. I didn't expect us to win that game. I don't. I don't think you did either, to be honest with you. And I don't think that they gave us a reason to think that we would. No, um, after coming off that disaster in Baltimore, I mean, there's, yeah. a, there's a reason why we were so down after the Baltimore game. I mean, that team played uninspired football. We got our asses just kicked up and down the field, and it did not look like we'd. I, it didn't look like we were a team ready to play the Colts. Um, you look at the Colts, and they're traditionally probably one of the – or not traditionally. 
But since Frank Reich has taken over, they are one of the best coach teams in the league. It's like, well, we just played undisciplined football. We couldn't do what we needed to do at all to even just give the Ravens even a decent game. And now we're going to go up against a super, I don't know, a super well-coached team, supposedly, in, and we just, yeah, just bad, bad juju all around, and then, yeah, we squeezed out a win, so... We've got to be happy about that. Yeah, and, and guys, just in case the audio isn't as on par as it typically is, we, we're recording on Saturday night at 11 o'clock. It was a little spontaneous thing, so it's not the not the the best situation as far as audio right now, but um, we wanted to get this out to you guys on Monday, so we you guys had a full week. But, no, you're right. And, you know, there was a lot of talk after, you know, after the game, um, local media, national media, pointing at Frank Reich on, on the, you know, that basically being the reason we won. And, you know, part of that's true. You know, he, you know, going for it as often as he did and, and things like that. But, I mean, to try to take away from a win on, on such a short week, I mean, these Thursday night games are killers. Um, I'll, I'll take it. I actually, I feel better about the team, right? Like, I, I think, yeah, that was like that was a very positive win. It wasn't like the prettiest game. It wasn't one of those games where you're gonna you're gonna take it and be like, okay, this is it. This is where we're starting to go. But um, you know, it means a lot for the team to go in back against a wall. Really, kind of the season on the line in a sense, right? There's a way that they could have made the wild card, but it just would have gotten a lot tougher. Especially, you know, if they lost this game, then lost to the Patriots. Um, we'll get into it a little bit later, but um, I, you know. I'm impressed. You know, I think the biggest thing to take away from this game is kind of what I've been saying all season. It's just the fact that Will Fuller really makes this offense go. Makes us go to a whole 20 points. Yeah. A whole 20 but, points. Uh, see, but I'm also not – see, you sound like the guys on Twitter that were like style points. Whole 20 points. I mean, it's a good defense. Yeah, it's a good defense. It's, anno- it's an annoying defense. They know how to get into Deshaun's head. Um, I mean, at the same time, though, this team lost to Miami. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. This is one of those. I'm, I'm still I'm in a weird mood, and I'm I'm usually the one that's always the defender. I'm the one that's typically more upbeat about anything. And right now, with this team, I have no idea what to make out of it. They are... I, I still think that it's probably the most talented team we've had ever in Houston. Maybe 2002. 2012. Or, I'm sorry, 2012. Um, maybe 2012, but I would say the tiebreaker on that is Deshaun. However, you look at this Colts game, and we won, but it wasn't an impressive win. This it wasn't I, I'm not gonna be one of those guys that says the game was boring and I didn't get to direct TV screwed me over and I think that's why I'm kind of in a bad mood and I didn't get to have the game recorded like I thought I would and yeah it just it, so you yeah. haven't watched the game yet I've watched it and I watched it on on the computer uh, through the uh, through the replay and I just I don't know it's one of those. It's just got me in a weird spot. Right? I'm, it's made this game against the Patriots a lot more important to me. 
But I would agree with you. Will Fuller is an incredibly important piece of the offense. I think that the only reason we're going to be able to afford to keep him is because he's always hurt. But at the same time, that raises the argument of whether or not to keep him because he's always hurt. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm just trying to be, not I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but at the sa- same time, like 20 points against a very disciplined defense, and it was enough to eke it out. And just one of those things we always kind of talk about when they go the opposite way with football. Sometimes those plays, those just, a few plays here and there just happen to break, happen to sneak by, even if your team wasn't overly impressive or the team that you were playing against, you outplayed them, but they had the right plays at the right time go their way and the right defensive lapses at the right time go their way, and that's just kind of the situation that I I feel like we were in. It's strange to me because I honestly felt after watching the first Colts game that we were the way better team. They just had every single lucky break go their way. And now after this game, it's the I have almost the exact opposite feeling. And it's it's a unique feeling for me. However, that right now that's just kind of how I feel. It, the Colts could have easily I feel as though they easily could have beat us if they had any sort of receivers or or brisket was just a little bit more and I know his name's Brissett, but if he was just a little bit more accurate, there was a couple of throws where if the receiver or the tight end, the two that are thinking of that were tight ends, were just, they would have had all day to run, and he just missed them. But we had the better quarterback, and things just kind of happened to go our way. Yeah, I would say that if if Brissett was maybe more aggressive, um, he probably would have also beat us. You know, he left a lot on the field watching the All-22 today. It's one of the great parts about Thursday night games is having access to the All-22. But um, And I will say this, Desir does not have Hopkins' number anymore. That must have been the injuries. I, or I don't think he ever did. I, it, he I know that Colts fans like to say that. He he's played him tougher than just he's played him tougher than even Jalen Ramsey. Uh, the last had, maybe year or two, yes. I would say prior to this, not not necessarily this year, but for six quarters last year. Yes. And one of those games, he was like Hop was pretty hurt, but for about six quarters, Pierre Desir has actually played Hop pretty well. Not so much this year. No. Um, but, yeah, what I was going to say was, you know, if Brissett would have been a little bit more aggressive, I think it would have been a little bit of a different game. I also think that they just weren't taking into account the – and, I can't, you know, I can believe I'm going to say this because I've been saying it. It's just the physical nature of our new secondary and who we have there um, with Conley, Hargraves. You know, Hargraves had a very good game. Uh, Conley had a pretty good game. Jonathan Joseph had a good game. Um, it was just a little bit different than, I think, what they've seen from us, at least in the first matchup. But, um, yeah, I mean, short week, you know, I really don't think that that's emphasized enough. I really don't think that anybody is taking into consideration just the fact that, you know, they played 
four days ago and, and kind of showed up and you know was able to put a game plan together to win. Um, Deshaun didn't have his best game. Um, you know, he was 19 of 30, 298 yards and two TDs in that bad interception. That you know, it got tipped at the line, so it, you know changed the trajectory a little bit. You know, maybe he was leading his receiver a little bit more than what it looked like, but. Um, Deshaun, you know, wasn't his normal self, but he was able to hit the D balls, and that was the difference in the game, was just being able to, one, have the option of throwing a D ball, um, as Will Fuller gives you that, and uh, two, I mean, Deshaun's just a better thrower than Jacoby Brissett. I mean, it's really, there's really no way to, it is what it is. Deshaun's just a better quarterback, but... Um, you know, the offense came out, you know, trying to run the ball. Didn't work out too well, but they didn't completely abandon it, um, uh, which I'm happy for. You know, it's one of the things that I feel like in the Bill O'Brien era is he tends to go away from what's working and tends to go away from what not, what's not working extremely quick. And this, this week it wasn't, it wasn't that. Um, so... You know, it is what it is. It's a, it's a win against a division rival. Puts us in the front seat of our, you know, our faith. And we'll be going to Foxborough or we'll be hosting the New England Patriots on Sunday night and Sunday night football. But, you know, I don't really think that there's, like, a ton about this game to talk about on the offensive side of the ball. Will Fuller is just really probably the biggest piece. I, you know, I guess the offensive line too, John, right? I mean, they played a hell of a game too. Um, yeah, they really did. They really did. And, you know, another game of another slow start. But, you know, when uh, when you watch the All-22, you know, watching the game a second time after watching it the first time just kind of really puts things into a different perspective. First drive of the game, holding call, 10 yards. You know, it's first and 17. You know, and they actually overcame that. So it's like it's just these momentum killers that tend to happen in the first drive that they can't seem to overcome. They're going to have to overcome that on Sunday if they want to beat the Patriots. Um, but they just keep shooting themselves in the foot on the first drive, and they just can't seem to get anything going. And um, we, like I said last week, we just haven't seen a complete game from this team given given the talent on offense. You know, with the additions of Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson. Jeremy Tunsil, Titus Howard, Max Sharping at guard, you know, Nick Martin's having a hell of a year at center. Like, the pieces are there for us to be able to just really be this top-tier offense. And I think that's where at least most of my frustrations come from, and probably for you too, is just the fact that we have so much potential every week. And it's like we keep talking about it. We keep saying there's potential there. There's there, there's there's stars. There's There's players but yet, at the end of the day, we're never seeing that potential. And I think that's where most of the frustrations come from. You know, at this point, I think some of the frustration is just we haven't really had a complete game. Even against the Falcons, we just kind of turned it on late. But just a game from opening snap to final whistle where... It actually, the whole game, it seems like the team's out there on the field. And, you know, there's still a lot of season left at this point. I'm actually kind of excited about our secondary. Um, mm. 
go figure that now safeties are. <laughs> it's like a it's a moving target right now. We still need a pass. We need a pass rush. Or two. We just need something. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm I'm in a weird mood about this team. I think that next week against the Patriots, or yeah, next a week from to today at this point against the Patriots will be huge. Of course it'll be huge. Because here, here's the crazy thing. After the Patriots, we very there's a very good chance that we don't lose another game. Now, is it likely? Probably not. But there's a chance. If we can beat the Patriots and then go on that sort of run, everybody will be... You know what? I don't even know what I'm trying to say because it still doesn't really matter until we get to the playoffs at this point. We've got to go out and get into the playoffs and actually have a decent a decent game. But if we can get on a nice little run, maybe the team can start to click and we can maybe see something. Yeah, you know, we, we ended the podcast last week with me asking you kind of, you know, what we need to see from this team or what we need to see from Bill O'Brien to be able to, as fans, feel good about where this team is headed and the trajectory of the team. Um, this, you know, beating the Colts was the first step. Um, give it just the, you know, how, how impactful this game was, winning or losing. Uh, but then knowing that following up the Colts is the Patriots and, you know, all year we've been saying, well, you and I have been saying, a lot of people have already said that our signature win was against the Chiefs. And and, and don't get me wrong, like, you don't play a season to have a signature win. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is from a confidence perspective, you'd like to see a team go in and either beat a team you're not supposed to beat or at least play that team very competitively and let it come down to like the final drive or whatever it would be. And we've yet to see that from this team. Um, you know, I guess the Saints game was probably that game, but it's the first week and it's really hard to say. Um, it's really hard to judge a team off of week one, really week one through four. And um, we've also seen what they did to Car- in Carol- or against Carolina and they've seen what happened against Baltimore and the Colts in the first matchup. So, we're really looking for something that, as fans, we say, boom. That right there, that game right there is where that's how we should feel. And five games left um, in the season with the Patriots next, uh, Broncos at home, and then we go to Tennessee, we go to the Buccaneers, and then we end against the Titans at home on December 29th. This, if we can pull off a win on Sunday night against the Patriots, I think, and they're not the Patriots of old. They're not the team that's going to light up, a, light you up with a bunch of points. Um, they have issues at wide receiver, but the defense is really good. Um, but beating a team, one beating a team that we haven't beaten. What, when was it that Julian Edelman tore his uh, his ACL, or was it Wes Walker? Wes Walker tore his ACL on, that was like 2011, 2012? <laughs> it's been a long time. It's and we play him every year because we yeah. win the division. So, um, yeah, it's just like we haven't beat them. And, you know, even DeAndre mentioned it in this press conference after the game. You know, this is, this is a team that I haven't beaten. And Deshaun's played well against the Patriots. And his first two times playing them, so 
this just would be one of those games where if you can pull off a win, as a fan base, you start to say, okay, now when we get to the playoffs, I feel a little bit better. I feel like I feel like we can compete. I feel like we can make some noise. Um, and I think that's all we're really looking for. So that was really us getting into the Patriots more than just kind of recapping the rest of this game. But um, I think that's just kind of what we're looking for. And then, you know, if you, if you can win that game and win the last four and go into the playoffs, you know, with a little win streak, I mean, to go into the playoffs with a six-game win streak, you got to be riding – your confidence has got to be pretty high. So, uh, all right, let's get to the defense, John. Uh, there was one drive where they had 11 plays, and on those 11 plays they ran the ball 10 times and ended in a touchdown. Yeah, what on earth happened to our run defense? Mm. All of a sudden we find a couple of guys that can cover in the secondary and we can't stop the running game. This was two games in a row. We've gotten absolutely smashed up the middle. Yeah, I don't I don't really know like what the issue is. Um you know, DJ had a hell of a game. Zach Cunningham had maybe his best game. Um you know, I just think that we've played two really, really good offensive lines. Uh, you know, I, if I had to start at one place, that would probably be the first, you know, those would be the places I would start. Uh, Baltimore has a really good offensive line, uh, and, and the Colts maybe have the best offensive line in the league. So maybe that plays a part. Uh, maybe still adjusting to the fact that there's no J.J. Watt. Um you know, I think with the Ravens, when you take into consideration just how they play and how their offensive, what their offensive scheme looks like, I think it's really hard for any team to be able to shut down the run for the Ravens. Uh, the Colts, I didn't expect us to give up as many yards on the ground. Um, and, you know, where's Whitney been? Not just in the run defense, but just in general. Like, when I watch L22, it's just not... It's just not there. And outside of DJ Reader, I don't know if we really have. I mean, Jacob Martin had a, had a pretty good game, um, even outside of the sack. I mean, he had, a, he had a pretty good game. That get-off, though, on the sack was pretty good. I was kind of surprised how fast he was able to get past. It was a nice speed rush um, past Costanzo and was able to get to Brissett. But, uh, yeah, John, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, what have you seen as far as the, the run game? Honestly, my guess is it's just the Ravens absolutely exhausted our, inter- our interior defensive line. Just running them up and down and beat them up, and then you follow that up with the tight or not the Titans, with the Colts, and the Colts do have a good offensive line, so they were just able to keep hammering tired guys. You wouldn't know that we just came off a bye from the... <laughs> from the past two games, but I think that our running game will show back, or our run defense will show back up against the Patriots, just so we'll get a chance to rest. I honestly just think it was the way the schedule. I mean, chasing Lamar Jackson all over the field, and our offense not really one of the biggest problems with the Ravens game was our offense just left our defense hanging to dry. Our defense was on the field so much. 
that it's just I think it's the hangover on a short week, and that's what and the Colts took advantage of it. Yeah, when looking at the remainder of or the rest of the season, um, besides the two Titans games, I don't really see a rushing attack that that should be too scary that we should have to worry about. Um, and even with the Titans, we've shown in the past that shutting down Derrick Henry isn't a problem of ours, unless he's unless it's wildcat formation. If it's wildcat formation with uh, you know Lane Gabbard at quarterback, totally different. Can't stop him at all, and uh, they just drive down the field running the same play like Madden. Um, yeah, I think you're probably right. Like if you just look the short week, I, I, I definitely think like the short weekend as part of everything when it comes to like this team. You, know, you don't have a lot of time to be able to implement the game plan. You're coming off of a very physical game where you got absolutely destroyed. Um, this was just a big win for the team in general and just from a confidence perspective for them to be able to feel better. I, I do want to ask this question, though. Um, why did Bill O'Brien give them off until Monday? I think it's the same sort of thing. Mm. That he could tell that the team was... Even though they just came off a bye, but just after those two two games, they were just beat. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it seemed like I was really the only one bothered by it. Um, I mean, Vanessa was bothered by it, but like there really wasn't anybody else that really thought that this was a problem. I, you know, I'm fine with them not like having padded practices and you know maybe just walkthroughs or game plan implementation things like that. Maybe shortened days. Um, but when you're going, when you're playing the Patriots, and you've shown as a head coach that you're not capable of beating the Patriots, um, I don't know. Maybe it's the old school mentality. You know, I got killed last week for um, saying that Deshaun doesn't have the mom mentality, and people didn't like that. You know how Houston is about their superstars. If you criticize their superstars, good lord, watch out. Um, but people were. were Real, real excited to come at me after that, and I stand by that still to this day. But um, yeah, I mean, when Bill O'Brien has never beat the Patriots, sure he's put up some good, you know, he's had some good games against them where he's shown that he's, you know, he can hang with them. But then when it comes to the end, he just does something stupid, um, or Rack does something stupid. But uh, I think Rack called a really good game though against the Colts. You know, I'm really yeah, excited about Gary and Conley. I'm really excited about Gary and Conley. Really excited about Vernon Hargraves. And, you know, if Bradley Roby can be back next week, I mean, you're looking at, you have three corners under the age of 25. Let's take a second and talk a little bit about Hargraves. Yeah. So, Hargraves got ran out of Tampa. Yeah. By my Bruce Arians, mm-hmm. whom everybody loves. Yeah. Where's all the negative press about Bruce Arians running a talented player out? Could you imagine if the same... Heck, just look at the coverage that Bill O'Brien got when we released Kevin Johnson. Yeah, or look at what... you know. I mean, he did get destroyed by national media for the trade of Jadavion Clowney. Maybe not locally, but uh, national media hated that trade, thought it was one of the dumbest things that he could have done. Now, we both agree it is definitely one of the dumbest things he he could do, but, I mean, he basically ran Jadavion out. He ran him out. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not even comparing these two. That move, it's more with the uh, the Kevin Johnson move. Um, first round corners supposedly ran out of town by coaches that can't develop. Or one coach gets accused of not being able to develop. The other coach still 
still considered to walk on water. However, if you really look at Bruce Arians and Bill O'Brien, and, and I mean, I'm a Bruce Arians fan, but it's just more about talking about perception with Bill O'Brien. Mm. They are actually two very similar coaches. and They've do- both done two very similar jobs in the NFL. Their records are very similar in the NFL. Didn't, didn't Bruce get to go to the... Like, wasn't he part of like multiple like Super Bowl coaching staffs, though, like... With and what so he was, did and so was Bill I mean, O'Brien. It was only one year, right, where he was like the OC. Uh, one year where he was officially the offensive coordinator. Yeah, but Bruce has, like done it his whole career almost. But Bruce was with the Steelers when they went to the uh, the Super Bowl. Yeah, and Bruce has won one Super Bowl. Bill O'Brien's won one Super Bowl. Both were, well, no, Bill O'Brien didn't win his as an offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. but. Again, they're very, very comparable, and it's again, it's just, it's just putting it in perspective. Yeah, I would and agree. where and where's all the press for Hargreaves when he's pretty much sitting there telling them that's like, hey, in Arizona he didn't feel wanted, and Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, not Tampa, <laughs> Tampa Bay. He didn't feel wanted. He uh, didn't say that it was a. He said it was a bad coaching. He said it was a bad environment. And just kind of putting it out there, putting it in perspectives, because Bruce Arians has had more defenders than detractors. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think, you know, with B.A., Bruce Arians, and, and kind of earning, you know, this is Bruce Arians' first year. Um, you know, sometimes you have to, some, somebody has to take the fall, um, especially when it's guys that you don't, you didn't draft, you didn't scout, you didn't build a plan to, to have them on their team. Um, you know, every coach wants their guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Vernon, you know, coming in the league, he's first-round pick. I mean, he, he was solid in college. I had an okay rookie year. Had some injuries that he dealt with. You know, came back, was a part of a losing culture. I mean, Tampa Bay hasn't been good and God knows how long, what, when they – beat the Raiders for a Super Bowl. I mean, I think that's the last time they were really good. Um, you know, so part of that's probably built in there. Uh, I mean, with Jameis Winston's your quarterback, quarterback I don't sure, I'm sure you don't feel very good about where this team's going to go. And, um, you know, he got cut, uh, wasn't picked up on waivers. That was the one part that kind of, for, for Vernon, that kind of stood out to me was just the fact that he made it all the way through waivers and then was available. Uh, just because he is a first-round pick or a former first-round pick. Um, but he came in today or or Thursday night and played a hell of a game. It looks like he's here for the team. Uh, I think he's already talked about just kind of the winning culture and things like that. I'm not sure if we have a winning culture, but, um, you know, I guess compared to Tampa Bay and where he was, you know, he has an opportunity too, I think is another thing. You know, he knows that, you know, if he can come in here and make a name for himself, uh, he's got a good chance to reju- re- revitalize his career and, and kind of get things going. So, you know, I think if, when you add all that together, it looks like he's doing what he needs to do to be able to possibly, you know, make a name for himself and stay on this game pass this year. Um, one game isn't going to be enough. You know, he's going to have to do it, you know, throughout the rest of the season. But it was a nice first scene, you know, first sight of him on defense and, I think just talking about the secondary in general, John, when you just kind of, you know, you look back at the beginning of the year and, 
you know, the offensive line needed a full remodel. We did that. Um, we've seen the we've seen how that pays off. Our biggest our biggest concern coming into the year wasn't even the offensive line; it was the secondary. We both didn't feel good about it. We both knew that this was going to be this this is probably going to be the you know where we lacked on defense. And then you know Clowney's gone, JJ gets hurt. Uh, basically, our only defensive lineman is TJ Reader, and he's having a hell of a year. I mean, he destroyed. Uh, Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson destroyed him too a couple times. Actually, I wouldn't say destroyed him. There was a lot of combo blocks, but um, I think Baldy just loves uh, Quentin Nelson that he's not going to say that. But uh, you guys go follow uh, Baldy breakdowns on Twitter. He had a really, really good one. He had two really good ones. Um, uh, so I, I would go look at that. But yeah, I mean, the secondary and the potential it has, the best part about it is just the fact that everybody's so young. Um, and we have the opportunity to turn it around really quick. And um, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from, uh, you know, the three guys that we brought in, in Conley, um, Hargraves, and, and Roby. I think this is going to be very interesting to see how we mix in our corners with, you know, when Lonnie comes back and also having J. Joe. You know, it's a good problem to have. Um, still a long season, still a long time for them to get acclimated and figure out kind of where they fit, but the potential of this secondary based on where we were when we entered the season is I'm a lot better. Yeah, and if nothing else, the athleticism. Right. And they're just banking on guys being stronger and faster and kind of going from there. And surprisingly, this past game, they actually played a lot of zone. It's almost like Rack actually watched the tape. He saw all the pick plays that were tearing our guys up, and he mixed in just enough zone that you could not continue to do those pick plays and the rub routes and all that other other bullshit that, <laughs> you know, I still don't know if we're cussing or not, so I, I'm catching myself now, but... That's a good thing. <laughs> you know? Um... However, going back, it's the Ravens ju- did absolutely take complete advantage of the fact that we were playing the most man in the league. And Rack learned something this year versus, you know, previous years where we would watch the same plays beat us over and over. And he mixed in, again, just enough to keep the their offense off balance. Yeah. Um, you know, Rack called a really good game. Um, I think it's play more man, it would be nice, but um, I think the potential of this this defense, like I said, I think if we could start to put things together, get the secondary comfortable, and Rack starts to kind of manufacture a pass rush with the lack of who we have on our defensive line, I really think this defense could be a really, really good defense going into the playoffs. Um, we need our safeties to get healthy. We need Justin Reed to not just get healthy, but also get back to what we saw from him last year. Um, Gibson had a really good game this last week, though. Um, I would say it was probably one of his better games uh, as a Texan so far yet this season. Um, my backers are just solid. You know, we definitely took a hit with Dylan Cole being out uh, again. Uh, it's unfortunate. You know, he was really coming on. He started to get. He was starting to get a lot more snaps on defense. He's obviously our, our leader on special teams, but uh, losing Bill and Cole is going to suck. But I, I still think that, you know, with Terrell Adams, um, 
BMAC and, and Zach, I think we're in a good spot. Zach Cunningham really is just, yeah, I mean, he's really good at football. Zach Cunningham's just a beast. Yeah. He said it since the day he was drafted, so we'll take that victory lap. Yeah, I mean, that's we need, definitely... We need, like, we need, like, dance party music or something, like, for some of these, because, you know, we've been, we've been saying, just listen. Yeah, I mean, Zach really... Zach really is, like, becoming just one of those type of linebackers. Um, and it's nice, because he really is just the perfect complement to BMAC, and, um, yeah, we have been on it since he was drafted. It was the guy that we loved the most in that draft, and um, it's just coming to fruition. It's nice to see, I mean... He's just gotten better and better every year, and that's really all you can ask from a player is just to see him get better and better. And um, you know, his run defense has just gotten so much better. I mean, compared to his first year, considering one of his biggest knocks coming out of the draft, was he's not a good tackler, and he still has moments where he whiffs. But man, if he gets his arms around you, you're, you're likely going down. And, and a lot of times, he's still going to be standing while you go down. <laughs> He's uh he he's just a, a very fun player to watch. No, nothing else. John's John's done. John's checked out. John's <laughs> uh, completely checked out. Yeah. This thing, technology, man, it's trying to kill me. <laughs> um. All right, trying to think of what else for this game. I mean, I really don't think that there's a ton to break down on this game. I think this game was just one of those games where you, you hope you get a W, you do, you kind of just take it for what it is and, and move on. Um, you know, I, I'm excited for this Sunday night game against the Patriots, John, because, you know, that Ravens game, you know, I think a lot of what you know happened with me in the Ravens podcast is just the fact that in my mind I really made it a huge game. Um, I was really, really excited to watch that game. I don't ever miss a game, and I typically never do anything on Sundays. But, you know, that Sunday I woke up, I went and did some stuff with the fam, had a nice day, you know, prior to the, the game. But, like, the whole day, all I could think about was this game. I thought, man, this could really be the coming out party. Um, this is the game where we can really just kind of just show that we are capable of being a team that, that should not be overlooked. And, and then we lay an egg of 41-7, to and it's just a really hard game to watch because they just didn't look and think. Um, and then, you know, this last Thursday, I actually, I think, just being able to applaud them for, one, bouncing back after that awful game, two, doing it against a division rival, uh, against a coach that has always had your, your number since he's been in the league, you know, what is it? It was four matchups going into last night that he's, I mean, yes, we won one last year, but I honestly, I, I wouldn't credit the Texans for that. But um, I don't know. Then you saw what he did in the playoffs against us. You just kind of take it and, and, and move on. And we got a W, came out healthy outside of Dylan Cole, and we're just going to have to kind of keep it moving. No, it's something to be happy about. We're first in the AFC South again. It's at the expense of the Colts and we've really put the rest of the season in a in a good spot for us. Or if we lose this game, then yeah, then it definitely is all doom and gloom. However, again, we've got to beat the Patriots. I think you're exactly right about the Ravens. Like, dude, we were all so hyped up about that 
and to just go out there and lay an absolute goose egg. That that's terrifying because it really makes you understand what the limits are on your season. We're gonna get to the playoffs again. We may get one playoff win, and then we're gonna get just straight up embarrassed by somebody. So that's kind of the reason the Ravens game hit hard. And I just I I don't really know what else because it's one of those where when you go back and you watch the game and it's like if we did this we could we could have won. If you go back and watch the Ravens game, there was just no if we had done this it would have changed the game and we would have won because <laughs> they just had us on every single aspect of the game. So we've got to just hope that the team gets better, gets cleaner. Um, that Deshaun, and it all really does fall on Deshaun. And here's the one thing that the Colts game really should give you hope about, is the Colts did their, more or less at this point, famous defense that just causes Deshaun to get frustrated, rush three, drop everybody back into coverage, um, the point of this defense is that it actually exposes Deshaun's it's not lack of arm strength, but the velocity on his throws for the quick routes if he hesitates. So if he's stronger armed with velocity, because we know he throws an excellent deep ball, some of those out routes, if he hesitates, he can still make that throw. The Colts know that he's going to hold on for half a second because that's what, or he's going to hold on a little bit longer than he should because that's what Deshaun does. And essentially, the only routes they're going to give him are the ones that he doesn't even trust himself to throw. Now he can throw them when he's anticipating, and it's just it's the quick out routes. But when he's not anticipating. I don't know. I don't know if he can or it's in his head that he can't. Because he, again, we've kind of talked about it, the philosophy does look a lot better with him. But those are the type of throws that we purposely schemed away from his first year. And the Colts essentially just give him those. Like, it's very, there's, the way that you attack everybody dropping it back into coverage and rushing threes, get the ball out quickly with pace, to one of the receivers on the outside, and that gives them room to run. Or you attack the middle, and Kiki was a healthy scratch, which we didn't even talk about. Yeah, and we, we still and we still played a lot of eleven personnel instead of twelve personnel. So it it's just one of those. I don't really quite know what the game plan was, and yet we still were able to do enough to win. Yeah, no, it's fair. I think uh, I think with Deshaun, um, you know, he, he definitely left some stuff on the field. Um, like I said, he didn't have his best game. I mean, 19 to 30, that's really not a Deshaun-level game, especially from an accuracy perspective. But, um, like, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but I don't know. I just, I'm glad we got a win. I'm glad our season's still alive. You know, I'm not one of those fans that want them to lose so that we fire Bill O'Brien. Um, I'd like for this run to last as long as possible just because I only get 16 weeks of this enjoyment, you know. Um, all right, let's talk about Kiki a little bit. Um, 
because, you know, I have my theory, uh, which doesn't seem to be popular, but that's fine. Um, but I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on, you know, why it was. I'll, I'll give you mine first. I think, I think Bill O'Brien wanted to, um, I think he had the idea in his mind that he wanted to use Jordan Thomas a lot more. And I think he was looking at the roster and said, okay, with Wolf back, um, we have Kenny, we have Nuck. Um, I want to, I want I think I want to try to get three tight ends on the field. He did it once or twice. Um, but I think he just kept thinking if we could get some three tight end sets going, maybe we can mix up the looks and kind of confuse the Colts defense and, and kind of go. And I think Kiki kind of was just the man out on that. I think it was just like a short week. Jordan Thomas activated. Let's just, we're going to throw Jordan in here tonight and Kiki, you're going to be out. That's, that's my thought. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Obviously, everybody's saying he's in the doghouse, but... I mean, he kind of sort of has to be in the doghouse. Again, there's a reason why he had double-digit receptions against the Colts before. Those are the types of routes they leave open. And Kiki's kind of like... That's his whole point. Um, And yet, healthy scratch. I mean, as far as we know, he's healthy. And maybe, maybe, maybe they wanted to go, they wanted to go this like jumble, jumbo spread, which we've kind of joked around about with three tight ends, which they could have done, but that didn't really happen either. So again, I'm just, I just can't see anything else other than him being in the doghouse for still not doing something right. And he didn't look like the best receiver against the... He did not look good at all against the Ravens. So, no, he didn't. So that is just my guess, is he's still in the doghouse. And at this point, one of the things that we've kind of learned with Bill O'Brien's doghouse is guys that end up in it, sometimes they also lose their confidence. Yeah. I'm hoping... I'm still holding on for Kiki. Because I really think that he is, uh, I, I think he could be such a big part of this offense. Um, but yeah, there was I mean, a nice just, stretch there where our offense actually looked better with him on the field than it did with Stills at the beginning of the season. And I mean, and the Kenny Stills is just having an unreal year. He's one of the top graded pro football receivers according to Pro Football. I think he's got the most receptions. Um, out of their top five highest graded players, he's either he's number two, and I think he's got the most receptions out of all of them. And he's having a really fantastic year when he's been on the field. Of course, he missed four games for a hamstring injury, but the offense as a whole looked more fluid and was just really humming before Fuller got hurt with Kiki on the field. Compare and when they were using. Still, is kind of like a change of pace. But I don't know. Kiki and Stills on the field against the Ravens just it didn't look good. Maybe if it had been Fuller and Kiki out there, it would looked better. And part of the thing with details with Kiki, and I wonder if it's that... I guess with, with the way that they're taught to run routes and the um, the air raid offense is there's a little more improv- 
improv in it. And if he's being sloppy, I wonder if that's because he's trying to be too creative with his routes, I guess. I don't know. I really just, I don't know. Yeah, and, and something tells me we'll never know. Um, just we won't know unless we win a Super Bowl and we get one of those books. We won't, or we won't, we, when I say we won't know, we probably won't know until it doesn't matter. Exactly. Um, and, um, you know, it kind of is what it is. All right, before we kind of get into the Patriots and, and, and the podcast, um, what did you think about the uh, Earl Thomas interview about how, did you see that? I did. About uh, Earl Thomas saying he wanted to basically come to the Texans, and he called Bill O'Brien personally after Deshaun Watson um, mentioned, you know, that it would be a good idea. And Bill (laughs) O'Brien, typical Bill O'Brien fashion, basically said, I don't believe you want to play football anymore. Yeah, I don't know. We've only heard half the conversation, and... Who knows how much money Earl, Earl Thomas was asking for? Well, we know, because he got a really nice contract $12 million a year from the Ravens. Yeah, and when it comes to our, our safety group, what I wish is we had spent money on on Kareem instead of letting him walk, instead of trying to get the Honey Badger back. Like I... But it is what it is, and Justin Reed's going to be a phenomenal safety for a long time if he stays healthy. And our safety group has not been bad when they've been healthy. They just haven't been healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I guess I think, like, uh, you know, the real time, you know, if that's how the conversation went, it just reminded me a lot about the conversation he had with Andre Johnson and, um, I don't know. I just think when when you have a future Hall of Famer who's still only 31 at the time, that's ready and, and willing to sign with you and wants to. Like, I don't know how many times a head coach gets a phone call from from a free agent and is like, "Hey, you know, I'd love to play for you, coach." Uh, it, it doesn't seem like something that happens very often. Um, I'm not going to kill Bill O'Brien for this yet because obviously it's just one sided. Uh, but Earl, you know, just based on from what I've read, and, you know, he has a business here in Austin, and, you know, I go up there and talk to the guys a lot. And, um, you know, he seems like a really good dude. seems pretty even kill. I don't know why he would make it up, but um, I just, I don't know. I would love to see Earl Thomas in the Texans jersey. He's probably my favorite safety in the league. Uh, I think it would have been pretty cool to have him and Justin Reed and kind of see how things go, but... Uh, I just found that interesting, the fact that that came out today. No, and the the only thing that I do find a little bit concerning about it is Bill O'Brien was that dismissive of a phone call that was urged on by his star quarterback. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a really good point, actually. I think that's a point that people have really actually overlooked. I didn't think about it until you brought it up. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun Deshaun and Earl shared David Mugoletta, so they share agents. Um, athletes first or whatever it's called but um, yeah you would think that if Sean really was pushing this on him that uh, and maybe it would have been a sit down or a conversation instead of just a quick phone call but uh, a quick all right. phone call while Bill O'Brien was at apparently the at the rodeo <laughs> yeah um, 
And I mean, yeah, honestly, and Bill O'Brien, maybe bad time. The rodeo is pretty fun. So if you're there with your kids. There's too much going on. So in his defense, maybe it was just bad timing. Bad timing. So that's why I said you kind of have to hear both sides of the conversation. But I would have thought that if Deshaun Watson is encouraging you to give your coach a phone call, A, Bill O'Brien would have you know, followed up on it a little bit better. Said, hey, I'm at, at the rodeo. Let's actually talk talk. Or... I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I really don't. But to me, that that's what's concerning is if Deshaun, who probably spends more time with Bill O'Brien than any other player in the entire on, on the entire roster and is going to be the face of our franchise probably for the next 10 years, at least, hopefully longer, says, hey, coach, will you talk to this guy? You would think you would get more than a 15-minute conversation while you're at the radio. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, all right. Uh, quick talk about the Patriots. Um, well, I guess we need to do an AFC South. Uh, AFC South um, standings check-in. Because uh, I couldn't find – well, I found a bunch of bad takes, but none of them were good enough for me to actually call out. Uh, your Houston Texans right now are 7-4 and four and on top of the AFC South. Uh, Indianapolis Colts are 6-5. and five. Titans are 5-5. Five and five. Jags are 4-6. and six. Jags and Titans play each other this week. Um, and keep in mind, we're recording on Saturday, so we haven't had Sunday's games play out yet. Um, but with the Patriots – Coming to NRG next week. It's the hottest ticket in town. Tickets are crazy expensive right now. Um, if I remember, let me look now while I uh, am talking about it. Because on the Game Time app, when I checked originally, they were pretty high for the Patriots game. Yeah, so 193 for the highest, the, the nosebleed seats. And then for the best seat in town, um, $1,300. And just so you, like most people, like if you take into consideration normal game for those good seats is about nine hundred dollars. So um, yeah, Patriots coming to the town, Super Bowl gods of the last you know eleven years. Tom Brady, fifty one and still going. Uh, Bill Belichick, the greatest coach in NFL history, and Bill O'Brien's never been able to beat them. Um, you know, I'm excited for this game, John. I think this will be the last game I have a chance to be excited about. I'm excited about every game. I think this is the game where I'm really hoping that, as a fan, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, there it is. Not just the signature win of the season, but there's a, there's the one for Bill O'Brien. I think Bill O'Brien needs this win really bad. I think Bill O'Brien needs to see that he's capable of beating a team of this caliber. I think Bill O'Brien needs to see that he has the players in the roster. You know, sometimes you have to you have to see it to believe it as a coach, as a person, as a manager, as an owner. Um, it just kind of all plays a part. All the hard work you've put in, it feels good to be able to see kind of get those kind of wins. And um, I really hope that's the case. Very good defense, physical man corners. Um, one of the defensive geniuses of our time when Bill Belichick, he's calling the defense. 
Um, you know, not a star pass rusher, but they're able to get it done. Uh, Jamie Collins is, you know, having a defensive player of the year type year. Uh, in his first year back after grabbing the bag from uh, from Cleveland. And then on offense, not a lot going on. Julian Edelman, Mohamed Sanu, those are the two. Sonny Michelle's having a down year. James White's, James White's just okay. Tom Brady looks average. Um, if there's a year that you're going to beat the Patriots, I think it's this year. But we said that yeah. We said that last year, so I, we're going to say it every year until <laughs> me- mechanical Tom Brady just retires. But um, John, what are you looking for in this game? I actually wanted to see us come out of the just come out of the gate ready to play. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots apparently have the best defense ever this year. Not really. You've got to look at part of it. Is, it's not that they're, they're not bad. They're not average. They are very good, but they are not best ever level defense. If you look at the actual competition they played in. And in football, yeah. it kind of matters who you play. Yeah. So I think that we should be able to we should be able to move the ball against them. They're actually a better matchup than the Ravens' defense was for us. However, it is Belichick, so I, I just don't know. It, I At this point, I just don't know. I, I would think that this is our chance to beat them, but I'm, I don't think we will. And I hate to say it, I just, we're not going, I don't, I just don't see it happening. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think a lot of what you know the build up around their defense is you know they play Miami, they play Buffalo, they play the Jets, um, they played the Redskins, uh, they played my uh, yeah it's Miami. They they they've definitely had one of the easier schedules um, of the year so far, and um, you know I don't know how good their defense is. I know it's not the best defense that's ever played. Um, I know for a fact that they're probably not the best defense in the last 10 years. Um, but they are a good defense. You know, they have a lot of good corners. Um, you know, Stephen Gilmore, you know, is making a case for the best cornerback in the league and has for the last two years now. Um, you know, the offense is, is really, for me, it's going to be very interesting to see Vernon Hargraves against Julian Edelman. It'll be nice to see if, you know, that's something that we can slow down. Uh, you know, they're, they're a cut, you know, or die by a thousand paper cuts type offense. They've been that way. Brady's really not throwing the ball downfield as much as he has in the past. Um, you know, this team uh, with the potential in the roster we have, this should be a game where I think we can win. Um, I'd like to see us win. I'm going to say, just based on, you know, last week and me being negative, this is going to be my last optimistic and positive push. I think that <laughs> I'm serious. I, you know, I, I think this team. I've believed in this team for a long time, and um, in the Bill O'Brien era, they've never given me a reason to feel the way I feel about them and the, what I think they're capable of. But the players that we have, we are capable of beating any team, and I've thought that since last year. Um, and I, I thought that coming into the season, that if we could just get the offensive line fixed and maybe just get a little bit better at corner, I think I think we can make some noise. And we have one fixed, 
and the other one's looking like it's on a you know a, a positive you know uh, trajectory. Um, I think we match up with them really good. I think the defense is going to have a bounce back game. Uh, I don't think they have an answer for. I, I don't think the McCourty twins can can cover Will Fuller, and it's going to take both of them. Just so everybody knows, like that reference. One's a corner, one's a safety. Um, I, I think we win this game, and I think this will be the game where like we're all riding and we're like, this is it. Like this, this is what we expected. This is this is where we wanted to be, and it's happening late in the season, which is when you want it to happen. Um, given the schedule and what we have, I think if we if, if we can win this game and, and really build go on a run. I think we can make some noise in the in the in the playoffs, but for me, honestly, this kind of comes down to this game as far as how I feel about this team moving forward. Um, and I think I think they're going to shock us. I think they're going to do what they. I think they're going to do something we never thought they could do, and it's going to be one we build on. And I think the narrative starts to change with me and just with a lot of fans in general. Anything to add, John? No, I'm, you're right. If we beat the Patriots, all of a sudden we're right back to where we were prior to the Baltimore game. And honestly, if you had said at the beginning of the year that if we went 2-1 and one against the Patriots, the Chiefs, and the Ravens, you'd be pretty happy. So, I mean... I'm still, I'm not going to lie, you got me. I, I've i always preached, watch the games, try and learn more about the games so you can enjoy the games even when we're, we're not winning, even when we don't have a hope of going to the Super Bowl. But your negati- negativity has actually gotten to me. So I'm just going to leave it like that. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of opportunity. A lot of time left in the season, but I'd like to see this be that one game for us this year. So, uh, all right. Anything else this week, John? 12 o'clock on a Saturday night. All right. All right, guys, you know where you can find us. Uh, make sure you guys go to Run Game Clothing. That's RunGameClothing.com. Type in promo code UNFILTERED at checkout for 15% off your order. Run Game Clothing is your official, official, not official, official sponsor of Texans Unfiltered. Uh, make sure you go to RunGameClothing.com for all your Houston sports team apparel, non-licensed apparel. They make awesome shirts uh, for any Houston fan. Um, and, yeah, with that being said, uh, go Lakers, as we are the number one team in the NBA currently. Uh, riding a seven-game winning streak. Uh, thought I'd throw that in there after a loss has occurred with the Rockets and James Harden complaining about uh, being double-teamed by Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So with that being said, I am Young Ari Gold signing off. We'll catch you guys next week. John Rold is nice. Loved this episode of Texans Unfiltered? We'd love for you to be a Patreon supporter. 
Your support allows us to provide you with the best Texans podcast possible. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod and everywhere podcasts can be found. And join our community on www.texansunfiltered.com or on Discord at Texans Unfiltered. Thank you for listening. Until next time.